Hi guys, welcome back to the Tent Makers Podcast. I am your host, Steven, and join with me are two dudes that are not named Summit and Peyton. Uh, today we're doing a crossover episode with some guys who have a podcast that I'm not going to name yet. Uh, but yeah, I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, so you guys do whatever you want to do. Did you want to be not Peyton? Do you want, I was going to ask if you want to be Peyton or Summit. That's what, that was my <laughs> next question. <laughs> I'll be Peyton. Okay, I'll be Summit. I feel like uh, wait, we're, we well, we're both Native Americans, so that's why. I'm not. <laughs> no, me and Peyton. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so, um, uh, do you want to do that? You want to introduce us? You can you introduce. Us? Okay. Hi, I'm I'm Zephyr Foster. I'm Joseph Farmer, and we are not, not qualified. qualified. Hey, we did that like High School Musical. <laughs> we are no, we are we are <laughs> the two of us and some other uh, people in the satellite realm make up not qualified podcasts so we are we do a podcast about movies but we also all happen to be christian um and uh that's why we're here yeah, yeah. so what are you guys not qualified to do or talk about everything every pretty much everything now. the name of not qualified was joseph's idea we had an idea to do a movie podcast and joe came up with the name not qualified joe why did you come up with that name have you talked to either of us um, Do either of us sound like I we have, know what we're talking I've about? To you. <laughs> <laughs> have I ever been convincing? <laughs> Fair enough. That's funny. So you guys talk about games, pretty much any form yeah. of media, yes. <laughs> movies, and then just media. Yeah, movies know, is the like. primary thing. It's like almost all movies, and then every <laughs> once in a while we get tired of that and we do like a. Game, video game or a music or a TV show episode. A music, any music. Any music? Just a one. Just music one. Mu- one. <laughs> one metric music. Okay. Favorite movie all time. Go. Spider Man two thousand and two. Almost famous two thousand. Shrek. Anyways, we can move along now. <laughs> We're all in the early two thousands. <laughs> That's when life was good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so. Actually, one more thing. I think y'all do music. You do music. You I, help do music. Yes? No? Maybe? For this? No, not no, for that. Just for music in general. Oh, just, yeah, I do music yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. I don't do music out there. I just keep that to myself. And but he does do it out there sometimes because, like, when I do music, he plays guitar and stuff. That's true. Yeah. So I help his music. You help his music? What is his yeah. music called? It's called Zeph Foster. ZephFoster.com. Look it up. Listen to it. <laughs> or you can also find our podcast. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to pay for two domains. <laughs> don't do that. We pay for one, and it's anyways. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so these guys are talented. They have a podcast about being not qualified. And today, in honors of having them on, we're not qualified to talk about the theology of creativity. Hey. Um, so whenever we have people on the podcast, I always message them and ask what they want to talk about. And when I message Zephram, this is what he wanted to talk about. So. Um, I'm going to ask you, what is, or what does the title, The Theology of Creativity, mean? So, I think about this a lot because, and I don't know how much we've talked about this on our podcast, but like, create, so, well, we're a movie podcast, Mm -hmm. primarily, and Christian movies really suck. Like, they're just bad. (laughs) They're They're so bad. There's a couple that stand out as being (coughs) all right, but for the most part, they just are terrible. And so that whenever you messaged me that, I was trying to think of what do I want to talk about, and I was thinking about why Christian, like where do where do our topics overlap, uh, theology and yeah. movies, mm. and uh, Christian movies are just really bad, and and I think the reason is that our modern and by modern I mean like our these past few decades, 
our theology of creativity has been really bad. So just like the way we view being creative in light of our creator, uh, I think has become very distorted and very bad in the broader Christian media kind of sense. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, I think this is something that me me and Zeph have talked about before of this. I don't have beef with Christian movie makers. There's no pro- I don't have any qualms with them. They just should get better. That's my only <laughs> yeah, concern. Yeah, that's, my <laughs> that's my qualm is they suck. So I think what they're doing, I think, is God-honoring. I think it's edifying. I think it's glorifying to the Lord. That's great. It doesn't entertain me in my stupid monkey brain. So I would rather watch Kill Bill for the 19th time yeah. and be really entertained. But that there becomes a difficult roadblock whenever you really start to look at the human motivation behind creativity and filmmaking. I think it's interesting to think that you know, the first thing we see God actually do, his, the first action we ever see him take is create in the story of creation and all that. And I think it was in the notes. I might be jumping ahead. No, perfect. Um, we see him create, and then we go on to hear about how he makes us man in his image, um, that being all of his defining traits, all of his characteristics. There's a, a large overflow of all the things that comprise God's character into how he made us. So we obviously want to create ourselves. And it was me and me and you, Zeph, were talking about um, over the phone this, uh, something that was popularized by uh, was it C.S. Lewis, the idea of sub-creation. Uh, Tolkien. Tolkien. Sub-create, one of the, one of the um, what are ink spots? The inklings. Inklings. <laughs> <laughs> ink spots. <laughs> um, uh, this idea of sub-creation, of not being able to actually manifest anything from nothing, the way God can. You, he th- he thinks, he right. breathes, we and can't thinks. We can create ex nihilo. Ex nihilo, yeah. yeah. We, we can only rearrange and reform and distort, ultimately, yeah. what we think are creations. And there becomes this skewed view of what we think should be created. I think Christian movie makers are creating things or sub-creating things that are God-honoring. And they're doing the best of their ability with what they have to do something that honors God and to pour out creativity as well. The problem is they suck. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 What makes them bad? So, I think, uh, and like you said, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a lot about sub-creation and how because we're made in the image of the creator, we also have a desire to create. Um, and, and if you look at most of Christian history, if you look at most of Christendom for the last 2,000 years, the great artworks of the past 2,000 years have been Christian up until about 200 years ago. Um, the great paintings, the great works of literature have all been Christian um, until very recently. And so we, we see a history where um, Christians understood that in their creation they were glorifying God and they were wanting to do the best we could. Um, but recently something about that has shifted, and I can get into that later about what I think changed. But um, I think what part of what sucks this is just one aspect of what sucks about modern Christian movies and Christian media is that it is seeking to be over the top evangelistic. Mm. It, and I think the best, I think in my mind, the best example of horrible Christian media that I can think of is God's Not Dead. I literally knew you were going to say that. I literally knew you were going to say that. <laughs> the God's Not Dead movies are like the epitome of 
like they start out even the first movie it's like oh boohoo me I'm a Christian and I'm so persecuted and my professor just doesn't understand because he hates God and he has mommy issues or whatever <laughs> I forget the plot <laughs> and then he gets hit by a car and converts because he knew he really knew all along that he was lying or that he that God exists and he was just mad or whatever and so the whole but the whole point of the movie is evangelistic it's supposed to get people to convert based on some emotional play that they present in this movie. But they don't pay attention to the craft of movie making and they don't pay attention to like e- even the they don't pay attention to trying to write a good story. Their uh, their motives come in before the quality comes in. And I think that that well, I guess at the heart of it I think that is opposed to scripture because we see in scripture that we're supposed to do all things to the glory of God. Um, whether we eat or drink, mm. we're supposed to do everything yeah. to the glory of God. Um, and I think I love that your guys' podcast is called Tent Makers. I was going to bring this up because this ties in perfectly with tent makers. Yeah. Paul was a tent maker. Mm-hmm. Luther, Martin Luther has a quote where uh, something about the Christian shoemaker, he doesn't do his duty by putting little crosses on every shoe he makes, he does his duty by making good shoes. That's yeah. how he glorifies God. And Paul made tents, and I doubt that he wrote yeah. out the gospel embroidered on every tent. <laughs> but yeah. he glorified God through the act of his craft of making mm. good tents yeah. um, to the glory of God. And so I, I do think that there is a line, of course, where if you're making a Christian movie, you shouldn't put oh you shouldn't put like a bunch of sex scenes in it. Like you're, you should still <laughs> yeah. glorify yeah. God in the content, but you should. It doesn't have to be explicitly evangelistic to glorify mm. God. Yeah. Um, and so um, the same thing, just like the shoemaker doesn't put crosses on every little shoe. I don't think every Christian movie has to beat you over the head with some message. And I think, speaking of Tolkien, a great example of this is The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't present the gospel in clear terms. It's not allegorical. It's not a direct one-to-one allegory. But it, pre- it presents a world where morality is transcendent. And it pre- presents a world where true... Uh, Christian virtues basically are mm. are um, uh, glorified in a good way, and uh, it promotes um, just a kind of a moral foundation um, that points to God, and it also is a good work, just in the terms of like it's uh, the quality of the work is good. And Tolkien wasn't doing that specifically to be evangelistic; he was doing that because as a uh, created being, he felt like it was his duty to create and to mm. do that well uh, to glorify yeah. his creator. And so I think that's kind of where the disconnect comes with modern Christian yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that a lot of Christian movies want to play on emotion. Uh, for example, God's Not Dead, where it's this big emotional response, not really caring about the quality. I think that's what we see in the modern most of evangelical churches, yeah. if you could call them that. Um, it's all about feelings, emotion. Let's not worry about doctrine or these things that divide let's let's just get people in the door and say a prayer and then we'll worry about everything else later yeah it reminds me of certain evangelical summer camp unnamed redacted (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah no i i agree but the there's this issue that i've been stumbling over in my head of i'm gonna pose this in the form of a question do you think there's a line of what a christian movie should portray in its contents. The, the, the reason I bring that up is the, re, the reason I love Kill Bill. I love that movie. I think it's incredible. Right. The reason it's so entertaining, I get to see this person take on 
this incredible journey of it's ultimately revenge and throughout this course of revenge murder conspiracy there are all these things that are playing into this thing all ultimately just to sink some kind of redemption or some kind of inner peace between the conflict she's experiencing Mm -hmm. but that's not glorifying it's not edifying not any of the action she has taken in the movie is something that would be glorifying to god Right. But I'll be darned. It's the it's one of the greatest movies it's a ever. Great made. Work it's a great yeah. work of art. That's and that's why this is where we get not qualified. <laughs> I'm gonna demonstrate that I have no yeah. idea what I'm talking about here. I don't know where the line is as far as what content you can display. Um, I do. So, do you know the name? I, I hope I don't get canceled. Do you know the name Marcus Pittman? I don't think I do. He made two movies, maybe more. I don't know, but he made at least two movies. One, the first one was. Uh, called Babies Are Murdered Here, and the second one was Babies Are Murdered Here, too. He directed, they're like documentaries about uh, well, I abortion. wonder what it's about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but the reason I hope I don't get canceled is, anyway, he's a, he's a figure that has polar, people are polarized yeah. about. Anyway, um, he's, I know that, I'm Facebook friends with him, and he's creating a Christian streaming Thanks. service, like for movies and TV mm, shows that are explicitly okay. Christian, but people who are like supportive of this streaming platform have been split on that. Like, can a Christian movie have a kissing scene? Because you're making a man kiss a woman who's not his wife. I think that's stupid. I think of you're acting. Yeah. Of course you can. That's my personal opinion. I don't know. I haven't thought about it enough to think about like where I should really fall on that. But that that's that kind of thing. Like it's this exact same debate. Where should the line be drawn with depicting Christian media? Yeah. Um, and so you bring up Kill Bill. Kill Bill has a lot of violence and language <laughs> yeah. and like content like that. Um, but so does the Bible. It has true, like, true, yeah. you know, it's got lots of there. The Old Testament is full of violent stories um, of things that sinful human beings did, mm-hmm. where ultimately the story as a whole glorifies God um, mm. and teaches us something about His character. Um, so you know that that's yeah. the extent of my thought. I'm not qualified. <laughs> yeah. I'm not qualified. That was yeah. where my mind went. And, and that was yeah. my next question: of if a story is going to contain those contents of betrayal and murder and deceit and pride and lust and all of these things that eventually lead to ungodliness and and self-worship and idolization as long as those stories are brought back to a glorification of god Mm -hmm. is that all right because like you had said like that's essentially the entirety of the old testament (laughs) is smash the babies upon the rocks kind of pretty hardcore stuff but it overall continues to tell this overarching story of humanity is corrupt, they're vile, they're decrepit, but only God can bring them out of that. Right. Through only whatever through the grace of God. Only so through the grace of God. That's uh, that's where I will have to answer. I don't know. <laughs> I think we've got to be careful in that thought process, though, because then everything has to be an allegory. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, like we can go back to Tolkien in Lord of the Rings. And not everything was like a one-to-one, which I guess there was still a little bit in there. There was some in there, but yeah. it wasn't one-to-one. There, right. there was lots of stuff that wasn't, yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe it's more of like a, a conscious, whatever your conscious says. Like, There's not like a verse in scripture that says, this You this is the, the line right here. Yeah. I mean, we have somewhat of a line, but not for the gray middle area. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. And so not, I, get, yeah I, get, I think it's probably best to err on the side of caution there, like as far as what do we depict. And also... I don't know. It's just hard to think. Like, um, I think it's better to think of art as like we should create and be artists and make whether it's paintings or novels or screenplays or whatever to the glory of God, but not necessarily 
every work has to explicitly say that like explicitly have a goal in mind of right. an evangelistic goal. Um, hold on. There's a quote. Let me see if I can find it. I wrote it down. Um, so this is Francis Schaeffer, a popular 20th century evangelical uh, saint, basically. <laughs> and uh, uh, He has a quote in his book. I forget what it's called. It's called Art and Art and Christianity, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's about art. And he says, a Christian should use these arts to the glory of God, not just as tracts, mind you, but as things of beauty to the praise of God. An artwork can be a doxology in itself. Mm. So there's a sense in which by creating and by making something beautiful, you're praising the creator, even if it's not a tract. It's not a presentation of the gospel and it's not evangelistic, but you're making something beautiful to reflect the beauty that's in creation. Mm. Um so, yeah, I don't know. That was kind of Tolkien's view as well. Um, and I think that if you look at a lot of like medieval painters, for example, you're painting a lake that doesn't have any... Uh, you can't look at a painting of a lake and glean any scriptural truth from it, yeah. but you're getting a reflection of beauty that God has created. Yeah. You know? Right. So Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, kind of circling back to where you were headed earlier, Joe. Um, so... You talked a little bit about a couple things about how God is uh, creative, but is there anything else we wanted to add about God specifically? Because we always want to go back to that yeah. mm-hmm. when we're talking about anything to do with theology of whatever. Um, so how is God creative? Um, if there's anything you wanted to add there, either of you. Hmm. Well, uh, like Joe mentioned at the beginning, God is fundamentally different than us yeah. in the sense that he creates ex nihilo and we just rearrange matter. Uh, and and rearrange what God has already created into something new. But it's interesting that I think um, I think one of the I mean it's probably the central thing uh, when you're talking about human nature um, besides our sinful nature is that we're created in the image of God. So um, that has far-reaching consequences and implications. But what does it mean to be created in the image of God? Well, for one. Um, I think that it means we're creative too, and mm-hmm. in the sense that we can we have an urge to create and to make something uh, for whatever reason. And so, uh, I mean, I can see that in myself, just like all the crap that I've made over the, like, the years. <laughs> just like, um, but so we have an urge to create, and I think that it, uh, God is most glorified when we do that to the best of our ability, right? Like we do all things to the glory of God. Um, God is most glorified when I do my best in my job in, at work. Even if yeah. the work that I'm doing in my day-to-day life is a secular job, I work at a university, I don't do anything, you know, I'm not in ministry in, on my my 40 hours a week full-time job. Um, but God is still glorified when I do the best I can. So I think it's the same thing with the things we create, the art we make. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to add? <coughs> um... I don't think anything new. Um, I, I do think, like, kind of circling back to that point of how we, because we take on that trait of God, of creativity and imagination, and but the only thing we can do is rearrange, and ultimately, we're made in His image, and His goal when He created was to ultimately, ultimately glorify Himself. But we're made in His image to also create, but because we're also distorted, we want to create things in our own image and to idolize ourselves and we want us to be the hero we're the we're the central of our own story so we want to create things that eventually bring glorification to us so i think there's a a very dangerous fine line that 
people have to walk when it did, when it does come to doing the best of your ability with the abilities God gave you to glorify Him, but still trying to mitigate that. I created this. Mm. Like, it's not, yeah. Yeah. you know, oh, yeah, like I'm using the best of what I have to bring something that edifies Christ. But also there's this part of you that's like, yeah, look at this incredible painting. That's pretty impressive, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I did that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. There, there's a very difficult, fine line to try and tread when it comes to creation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so we, we've talked a lot about kind of really the rest of the questions, but just to, just to go through them, um, can Christians embrace cre- creativity and still glorify God with it? I know we talked a lot about that, so you can just do a simple yes or no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what we've been talking <laughs> yeah. about for the last 30 minutes yeah. or so. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. Um, so how has the modern church, apart from just movies, how has the modern church failed to be creative? And you can, any way you want to interpret that, interpret it. Yeah. I think you should take the lead on this one. It's something we talked about on the phone earlier of the church trying to cut meat in the middle between appealing this, to Christianity and appealing to modern culture. Is this where I, I'm trying to remember what we talked about on the phone? Is this where I talked about eschatology a little bit? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do remember, remember the first thing that came to mind when you asked that question. I don't know if you wanted to get into any eschatology today. I but, mean. But I do, I do think that to an extent the past 150 to 200 years have been tainted by a very uh, short-term view of the earth, right? And I, and so, like, I'm not trying to endorse one specific end times view over here, but I think the influence of dispensationalism the past 200 years has led to Christians having a short-term view of thinking the rapture is right around the corner and we just need to keep our heads down and make it to the end uh, rather than Christians before that for the first 1500, 1600 years of Christendom had a very full orb view of wanting to, um, I'm trying to think of how to word it. Um, for the most part, Christians wanted to exercise dominion where they were mm-hmm. and um, uh, make good work while they were on this earth because they had a view that it was going to last. Whereas instead of today, I think a lot of Christians, especially, and it's not just because of eschatology, but it's also because uh we live in a world that's increasingly hostile to Christianity. Yeah. We have this view of we want to insulate and we want to just huddle, hunker down and wait till the end, wait for Jesus to come back and uh, just live, you know, pietous lives while we can. Um, instead of trying to put down roots and create good art that's going to stand the test of time and last because we think the earth will still be here and because we think that there is a possibility that it will do good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That that's kind of tangentially related, but I I think that's important of just like thinking about um, wanting to make good art, not just to to glorify God in an abstract sense, but because we think it can actually do some good here on Earth, mm. um, and maybe I don't know, point people's minds to something transcendent. Yeah. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> the question was how has the church, uh, how has the modern church failed to be creative? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You can go, Joe. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we've driven ourselves into this rut of wanting to stay strictly evangelical and stay in our lane of like, yep, we're conservative Christian Americans, but we're also filmmakers. So where where do you meet in the middle with that of trying to appeal to people outside of the church and also within your church? And I think it's um, it's not as good as the sum of its parts. It's mm. you, you, you eventually wind up with a product that's bland on both sides as opposed to making something that's 
secularly themed, but you do good work to the glory of God, and then people can look at that and go, that is a great art piece, that's a great piece of arts, uh-huh. and they get to look back at you, and you get to go, I did this to glorify God, the way Tolkien did, like the right. way like he wove, you know, like very indirectly theology and, and you yeah. know, the the story of just redemption throughout his story, but still getting to look back at him and be like, oh, he was a devout Catholic, like what influenced his life to believe that. And I'm right. sure his what story. The underlying foundations yeah, what were the underlying that, foundations yeah. of that? And I can't imagine how many people have found Christ, the C.S. Lewis, Lewis included, yeah. in just exploring who he was as a person after discovering his works. Well, and I think that points to like, I think the best art always points to something above itself. It points yeah. to something transcendent. So if you're just like, I mean, if you're if you're going by the the modern uh, assumptions about reality, right? That that truth is relative, that morality is relative, and it's molded by society. Um, just a very humanistic outlook. Then you can't really have a standard for what's good art and what's bad art. Why is Citizen Kane better than God's Not Dead in a secular worldview? You, there's no reason. You can, like you might say this shot is better than this shot, or this type of story is better than this. But you're just yeah. it's your opinion. You don't have anything transcendent to point to. But I think the truly great stories always point to something great, even if it's on accident. And I, I think that the um, this was pointed out to me today. This is really funny. Um, I think that all, a lot of the times, secular filmmakers who are not Christians who have no intention of pointing um, to something transcendent they do on accident because they're trying to make something good and they're made in the image of God yeah. whether they like it or not um, so sometimes that's just through like the moral lessons that are in movies like you, you yeah. see a lot of movies or works of literature or whatever that are pointing to universal moral truths that don't necessarily mean to because they're not Christian yeah. but they accidentally discover a trait of God yeah. but then there's also other times where they accidentally make a really allegorical work and they didn't mean to. And what was pointed out to me today was that E.T., Steven Spielberg's E.T., Steven Spielberg is not a Christian, um, E.T. is just the Christ story. You have this otherworldly being who comes down and uh, and teaches these kids about, about all sorts of stuff. And then he literally dies and is resurrected. And then he leaves the earth and he, you know, Jesus said, I'm sending a helper, you know, sending the Holy Spirit. Um, and E.T. says, uh, you know, I'm not really gone. I'll always be in here and points to the kid. And then the kid leaves and he's, he's satisfied because like, E.T. is always in. But the point is like, the point is yeah. like, it is a, it is a shot for shot recreation of the gospel, uh, but it's on accident. Like he, obviously yeah. that's not intentional. Um, but you see that in when C.S. Lewis and Tolkien talk about myth, they talk about how um, myth, <laughs> they talk about myth all through uh, their writings where like these myths of the ancient world and of pagan religions always have some kind of god king who is resurrected they have a resurrection story they have a flood um, and that's not because Christianity is copying pagan religions that's because everybody's made in the image of God and they instinctively yearn for the gospel they yearn for yearn for God even if their sinful nature is opposed to it um, anyway, that was just a funny example because I was like, wow, E.T. literally is just the story of Christ. <laughs> but it's instead of being supernatural, it's made into a physical alien, which is what all fairy tales do. They take our hopes and dreams and the supernatural and they make yeah. it physical. Um, so anyway, E.T. is, uh, I don't know, I need to rewatch E.T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think what you were saying just goes back to the... You know, profound message that Paul had in the first chapter of Romans of you know human beings are created with this intrinsic 
knowledge right. of how the world works, morality, and their and moral nature, compass. Nature, and nature speaks to it. Nature yeah. speaks to it. Um, we continue to seek after and yearn for God and and for His presence. Yet we're we're lost and we're we're trying to fill that we're trying to fill that void with else. something yeah. and whether that be through creating something to to give us honor and glory or to fill it with whatever otherworldly means, you know. Yep. So we talked a lot about Tolkien, who wasn't one on one or one one for one allegorically mm-hmm. writing, but on the flip side of that, C.S. Lewis was allegorical and everything. <laughs> yeah. And so obviously he was also very good at what he did. Yeah. Um, which makes me think, and this is, I don't know, this may not be related. My brain's weird sometimes. What do we do with people like quote unquote Christian celebrities who will, the the ones that I think of are, are songwriters who will sing songs that are not glorifying to God. And then you'll see them at this mega church singing whatever they call praise songs in their morning service. What, what do we do with that? Is that hindering the creativity or what? what is that doing? I think that, well, one, I think, yeah, I think for most of this podcast, we have really leaned into the whole creation is glorifying to God and we should try to be creative and we should do these things. And uh, even if it's not directly pointing to God, we've leaned into that. So I think it's also important to, to warn against the other side of things, which is, that does not give you license yeah. to make immoral works or mm-hmm. to uh, to create things that are not glorifying to God, um, because Paul says we should do everything to the yeah. glory of God. Yeah. Everything that that should be just all encompassing in our lives. Um, so, and when it comes to just, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to draw lines. Again, I'm not qualified. We're, we're, this is where it's hard to draw a line between depicting immoral content and promoting immoral content or glorifying it. Um, because like I said, there's you know, uh, there's all sorts of things that you can depict in a story. Schindler's List, for example, is uh, another Spielberg movie. Or any take any Holocaust movie, any movie with Nazis in it. The Nazis do horrible things in mm-hmm. any Nazi movie, but that's not glorifying what they're doing it's in to, it's to make them the villain it's to show that this is wrong yeah so um and i think humans were naturally built to be able to pick out a moral um out of a story hold on let me did i write this quote down let me see yes there's another tolkien quote he said when he's reading fairy tales to his children he says far more often than asking the question is it true the children have asked me was he good or was he wicked they were far more concerned to get the right side and the wrong side clear uh, than they were to get the factual side mm. clear. So he said, for that is a question equally important in history and in fairy tales. So um, depicting a right from wrong is something that all our stories do, whether they mean to or not. And uh, so I think we're good at picking out the overall message of a story or understanding what it's trying to get at and who the bad guy is and who the good guy is. Um, so I don't know. I think that's important when we're talking about what you can depict, mm. you know, um, and then, like you, you mentioned, worship, uh, worship music or songs that are not glorifying to God, mm-hmm. um, being sung at a church on Sunday. I think that's another important distinction. Is there's a distinction between just the art we're creating to be creative, and then the things we bring before God in worship, in liturgy, on a, yeah. in the gathering of the saints on the Lord's Day. So I think there's a distinction there too. Yeah. Anything else is good. No, All right. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, with that one, I was also thinking um, just on that line of like, well, people like, I almost laugh as I say this, but like Chancellor Rapp or Justin, Justin Bieber, people like that who are like, 
claiming to be Christian, and then you randomly click any of their songs, and you're like, Whoa, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And then they're and then they're literally like, I, I saw a video. I guess it, it wasn't recently. I don't know. I'm an old man. I only use Facebook. Justin Bieber was like leading worship at one of the mega churches, Hillsong or something. I don't know. And like, as I see that, and then I go see his newest release that is talking about all kinds of immoral things. And it's like, whoa, why are we mm-hmm. allowing this? What, right. what do we do about this? Or Kanye West. Or Kanye yeah, West. Yeah. 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 So what, what do we do with things like that? Where some would say as immoral as Kanye West is, he's creative, whatever the world loves him, but then he becomes Christian quote unquote. And now he's reverting back. So what do we do with, with that? Does when, in that instance that he became Christian, if it was true, should he have deleted all of the immorality that he promoted and put out before? Or does he leave it and say, this was my art and who I was and just go forward? I think if he were to take that step, I think that'd be an awesome step to be like, yeah. hey, all of this stuff, that's who I was, whatever. Listen to it. I don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to continue to make our work for the glory, glorification of yeah. God. I think it's an incredible thing. But <clears throat> there, all, there also has to be this continual look past the artwork and at the artist Mm -hmm. of what were their intentions like you look at Tolkien oh he's glorifying God right he glorifies God through what he does um you look at any artwork from a non-Christian and you're like oh they went to UC Berkeley whatever and like it's there's nothing there (laughs) at the end of that um but oh hold on I lost my train of thought come on okay take a weird tangent here okay I love Michael Jackson (laughs) (laughs) but i don't think since that documentary came out i have ever not thought about it at least once when i hear one of his songs yeah because the artist taints the whole it it taints its art and the artist has a profound impact on the art itself even after it's created so there there does have to be this if you're if you're somebody that's making art and you made secular non-glorifying arts before you whatever, found Christ, found salvation, began to make artwork that was glorifying to the Lord, there does have to be something in your life that continues to point back to him in your everyday life and continual living towards that goal. So when people do look past that, that is found. Yeah. I think also to add to that, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, that's tough. There's a lot of celebrities that claim to be Christian and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and try to judge and say who's who's truly a christian and who's not but i do think that when it comes to stuff like that like justin bieber for example who seems you, you watch an interview with him and he seems like he's all about his faith and he's super genuine mm-hmm. and then he goes and does something that's so antithetical to yeah. christian morality that you think there's no way he can be a believer i think with stuff like that there's two possibilities either they're just not a believer because yeah because for one our standard for what is acceptable in Christian art is not Justin Bieber or Kanye West, it's scripture. Right. And so um, what should be morally presented in our art and what we should advocate for is should be consistent with scripture. And just because a Christian celebrity does it doesn't make it okay. And then the, the second thing is, if they are a Christian, um, there's going to come a point later in their life where, you know, because it, it, I don't know, some of those examples where... Um, people, celebrities will claim to be a Christian and then present just horrible immorality yeah. in their art. It's either they're not a Christian or they're so immature in their faith that yeah. someday they're going to come to a point where they do repent of it and they say, look, that's that was wrong and from here on out I'm going to do something different. And so uh, I just think this, I don't know, it's hard to say. This side of 
uh, this side of eternity, we can't really know. But I do think that either they're just not a Christian uh, or they're very immature, and someday that's going to change. So, Yeah. So focusing back at the church, how can the church be creative without taking away um, from glorifying God? And, and let me explain a little bit. I don't know if you guys listened to The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. It was, listened, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So obviously they were being very creative in the things that they were doing, but at some point it became more about them or more about Mark Driscoll than it became about glorifying the Lord. So at what point can the modern church embrace the creativity that we've been given from God without t- turning it back to us and glorifying mm-hmm. ourselves. So how can the church do that? Is there any room for that in the church? Like, or, or and when I mean church, I mean like specifically, I guess for now for the Sunday morning gatherings, is there anything that needs to be added, changed to that? Or is that, does that just need to be left alone? Cause there's a lot of churches like Mars Hill who were, were and are embracing this, this, creativity change in the corporate setting of church mm-hmm. so so what do we do do we is there is there room for change in the church for creativity in your opinions i think and i'll let you talk to you joe sorry i just yeah. i think that it's uh well one i was going to say this i think that it kind of points to uh, a failure of the modern church that when we keep talking about this subject basically the only two figures we can point to as good examples is like Lewis and Tolkien <laughs> good, yeah. good art yeah. just yeah. for the glory yeah. of God for the sake of the art so I in terms of like Sunday morning gatherings it, do I think that we should have spoken word artists up there and like giving them <laughs> poetry to yeah. the right. in Sunday morning worship no I don't right. so I like I think that in terms of Sunday morning, I think that should be the Lord's Day. As far as what I see in Scripture, I think it should be reserved for uh, taking the Lord's Supper, for um, baptisms, for preaching the Word, and for worship in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I think that should be what takes place on Sunday mornings. Um, And then, but as far as like the stuff we're talking about with creation and with art, I think that should be something that the Christian life is just full of. I think that when you're... When you're overjoyed with your salvation and with who God is, you're going to want to create just to his glory. And it doesn't have to be, that doesn't mean everybody has to have some fine art. They don't have to be a painter or a filmmaker or a novelist, but just like like what you guys are doing mm-hmm. is a, a podcast or yeah, yeah. Te- even just the art of loving your family, of teaching your children and and, uh, and shepherding your family in that way. Um, that That's something that um, is an expression of creativity um, in that you are, or, or building something you know um, if you're a home improvement kind mm-hmm. of guy you know yeah. um, doing something with your hands just working through all you do to the glory of God I think is the central point and that goes throughout the week you know? yeah so yeah I would agree with that and I think even in modern western evangelical church settings it's really hard to to cut that balance of knowing if there's enough room I mean like obviously we should be countercultural like we shouldn't give in to cultural standards and leniencies. Right. Even if we want to create art, I think that's irresponsible to be like, oh, like the culture likes this. I want to create art in that image and, and still glorify that. I, I think you can do that. And I, it may be difficult, but I think that is a possibility. It would be smarter and wiser and I think the more likely to be edifying if you were just to create something, anything, and to do that to the glory of the Lord. And even in Western church settings, like 
Uh, it's like, oh, Zef, you play piano. And, like, you have an old lady in your church. It's like, oh, you were just so good at piano. And, like, that's and that's the end of their statement. And you're like, oh, I, darn right I am. Like, just 12 years for this. Like, of course I am. Like, there's there's this uh, balance that needs to be met on both ends of the artist and the receiver of mm-hmm. how should I be viewing this. Obviously, all of these things are a condition of the heart, and the Lord knows that. And the Lord knows how you're viewing things or how you're making things. Um, but even as as a viewer, if you're looking at a piece of art and you want to look at it and say, like, what a wonderful piece of art, like, wow, Michelangelo, like, what a glorifying thing you did to the Lord in the Sistine Chapel, like, that's an awesome thing. Or you could look at Alice Cooper. I think he's a Christian. <laughs> yeah, and be like, right. I love Alice Cooper and be like, man, like, he's such a cool dude. I love that he glorifies God. He also makes really good music. But that, you know, that could also take a turn for, like, I love this music because it makes me feel a certain I'm a Christian. Yeah, I go to church every Wednesday. Whatever. (laughs) There are easy paths the mind can take to justify your decisions and your stances on things. So it's, yeah, I just think it's a very complicated line. I think there's definitely room for the church to change in those things, but I don't think our change should be focused on how we need to appeal to anyone. It should right. be constantly towards whatever we eat or drink. First Corinthians ten is whatever we eat, drink, or do, do to the glory of the Lord. Yeah, right. And I think, uh, yeah, just one tiny thing that you reminded me of. I do think it's a balance with because, uh, as with most things, it's a balance. But I've known guys who are self-absorbed in their talent, like they have a God-given talent, and old ladies at church tell them, "Wow, oh, you're so good at this," and then it becomes their identity. And then there's guys on the other end of the spectrum. Um, who like I've known worship leaders who you say man I, people go up to him and say man I love worship today that was just I love you did so good blah 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 and uh, he make he almost makes a show of saying oh no it's nothing nothing for me it's all to the glory of God that's all God it, anything like they almost make a pietistic show of mm, yeah. like oh it's not me at all and that's just as much self centered as the guy who thinks it really is all about them because they just want people to think they're holy and humble yeah. um, and so. I guess my point is if somebody comes up to you, Joe, on Sunday and says, hey, I really love the guitar today, I think the most Christian thing to do is say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the compliment. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's true. Yeah, we we need to embrace our our talents and creativity. Um, We don't want the church to be seeker-sensitive. I think that's yeah, where yeah. a lot of the the modern evangelical churches have went. Yeah. Um, and it's not even like a secret or surprise. Like they openly say that. Um, and that's where they've embraced a lot of this creativity or, or new things that they've thrown into the church that we, as as us three guys, would say, well, I don't know if I'd do that. Yeah. That's probably not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and so outside of the church, though, outside of the Sunday morning gatherings and not just like in the individual people's lives, but the church, how can the church be more creative on days that aren't mm-hmm. Sunday? Yeah. And how can they embrace that and glorify God without still being like overly seeker sensitive, which there's a little more lenience there when it's not the Sunday gathering because yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we want to be out and evangelizing, but we don't want to, we don't want everything that we do to just be like a gospel track. Like it, I don't want every time I talk to my waiter, I'm cornering her <laughs> because she can't leave and I'm sharing the gospel with her. And she's like, all right, dude, like I got 20 other tables. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so I don't know. There's like you said, there's a balance there. Yeah. I don't know what it is. but yeah. I don't either. I don't have all the answers. But yeah, I think the answer is that it's a balance and just yeah. try to be creative. If you're passionate about something, try to do it to the glory of the Lord, and uh, yep. that's the best. That's what you can do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think we can fall into this trap of 
oh, well, there's this new, there's this thing that human beings can do. We can create and make art. Well, the ch- it's the church's responsibility to horn in on that. <laughs> like, you know, like, colonize that, and, like, that's Christian art now. Like, yeah. you got that, buddy? Yeah. Follow Christ. Like, whatever, you, we're just doing, yeah. literally just do anything. Yeah. But whatever yeah. you do, just glorify the Lord. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to put Kevin Sorbo in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we wrap things up. I know you had a lot of notes. And let, me, so. let me just see if there's any... I, all I wrote down was quotes that I wanted to work in. So let me see if anything else here is good. We basically answered all of my questions without me asking them, so that's great. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, whenever I, he sent me the, the notes, I was like... I was gonna. Talk, I thought that was cool. Like I thought I was gonna bring that up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I'll I'll just end my thoughts with two quotes from Tolkien that I wrote down. Okay. So the first is: We have come from God, and in it, and inevitably, the myths woven by us, though they contain error, will also reflect a splintered fragment of the true light, the eternal truth that is with God. Indeed, only by myth-making, only by becoming sub-creator and inventing stories can man aspire to the state of perfection that he knew before the fall. And then the second one is, fantasy remains a human right. We make in our measure and in our derivative mode because we are made, not only made, but made in the image and likeness of a maker. Mm. So I think that kind of sums up my thoughts is, uh, you know, we're made in the image of God and we should seek to create for the glory of God. Yeah, I would agree. Cool. All right, cool. And so, guys, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Uh, go check out their podcast, Not Qualified. Um, it's really good stuff. I think we'll link it somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. You can find it. It's, it's not the not yellow hard. one. It's the yellow one. That's right. That's right. It's the yellow the one. Canva logo. You yeah. Can't miss it. <laughs> hey, pretty, our logo was made on Canva, too. <laughs> right, it was. <laughs> Anyways, check that out. Uh, check out Zephram's music. It's really good. I think Summit's a big fan. I mean, I am, too, but Summit, <laughs> Summit was really excited to talk about it, but he's not here yet to work. So. Oh, yeah, Summit would like it. So. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyways, thanks for joining us. And guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you all later.